0: Hello. Um, we're back at Sarah Space with Sarah and Sarah. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. This is Sarah Formosa. Um, many of you in the dance world will probably be very familiar with her. She's a, an exquisite performer and dancer and also, to my absolute pride, a former student. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'll talk about how I know you. That would be a grand idea. <laughs> um, I met Sarah, I don't know, when did... I, when you did you become young. my teacher? I think, you know what? I think that I actually did audition for you when I was about 10 or 11 Ten. because I couldn't make the actual ballet class that I was supposed to do because of gymnastics.
0: Oh, right. Do you You're remember were still this? doing the two. Yeah. Yes, yes, and,
1: yes. Um, and then we ended up being able to work out a schedule that worked with the actual ballet class that I did. So I think that I actually became your student maybe
0: around the age of 12 or 13. Or oh, did it wait that long?
1: Maybe. I can't remember. I think you were still quite...
0: I feel like I was cautious with you still because I thought yes. you were quite young, and I seem to feel like it was 11. Maybe it was 11. Because I remember 11. thinking she's not even close to being a teenager yet. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So maybe it was around 11, 11 years old that yeah. I became your student, and then...
0: You... How many years is that, Sarah? Oh, my
1: gosh. <laughs> I don't want to think
0: about it.
1: <laughs> But um, yes, and then you have influenced me in many ways since then. Um, You were the one that introduced me to the Lions training program. And I've attended many of your summer workshops. And I still consider you a very close mentor to my heart.
0: (laughs) Thank you. That's my absolute pleasure. I am in talking about your early training and how we met. I think that it would be fair for me to say that it was considered, because it was in White Rock, it was mm-hmm. considered a rather small arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a big school in a small arena, mm-hmm. and you were certainly a very big presence in that school. I believe at one point your age group, that whole group got called the Dream Team, if I yeah, remember I correctly. Think, unfortunately,
1: yeah. it did get called. I, that.
0: Yeah, I remember <laughs> really not appreciating that being bandied about. Uh, and if I also remember correctly, There were several of you that were incredibly adept at multi-genre dancing Mm -hmm. and, you know, jazz being sort of paramount. But you also did. What other forms have you trained in?
1: Uh, Well, I trained in... Well, I actually started out as a competitive gymnast. Yes. And I did that until about age... I want to say until age 10 or 11. Okay. Which then I decided that because the gymnastics training was starting to conflict so much with the dance schedule, I had to make a choice and... I just knew that I wanted somewhere inside of me. I just knew that dance was going to be the thing that I was going to be happier doing. Yeah. So I quit gymnastics and I trained at Spiral in jazz, ballet, hip hop. I tapped for a little while, <laughs> <laughs> um, not very long. I did break dance did I already say break mod- yeah I did break dancing with Stu with Stu awesome. which has been very helpful helpful I bet as a contemporary dancer I bet um I think I already said modern we did ballet contemporary ballet contemporary <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's point. call it let's call it contemporary ballet okay Just switch the syntax yes it yes
1: and then we did a couple of years of pas de deux when we had a male yes. in the studio yes
0: yeah that um, was I wonderful. think
1: that's everything Oh, and I I guess we did stage. I'm not really even sure what that category is, though.
0: Well, you weren't singing.
1: No, we were just...
0: So you never had any voice training.
1: I did have voice training. Oh, you did have voice training. Yeah, I did voice training, I believe, from grade 8 all the way until grade 12. Um, My mom kind of just... We had a very close friend that was a voice teacher. Okay. And she was a lovely person, and I always enjoyed singing, but was very shy about it. And mm-hmm. so I started doing private lessons and I really ended up loving it. So I just kind of stuck with it all through high school. And then the voice teacher that I had seen for many years, they just, her and her husband decided to move to the island. And then I went to San Francisco. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, when I would come back in the summer, I would do one or two sessions with her. But yeah, I did actually have voice training as well. That
0: is fantastic. I had no idea. I know. That's a secret that I didn't it's know about you. you.
1: I used to sing Italian opera. <laughs> wow. Yes. Not oh, that's
0: very well, marvelous. But... Oh, who cares? I know. You're. Yeah. You're, I mean, I think that's a whole... That's a whole other podcast. But I think the voice is such a vulnerable organ. Mm -hmm. And I feel as though every time someone actually opens up to that, uh, discovering that vulnerability, I feel like beautiful things happen artistically Mm -hmm. because you are more capable of being open across the board. Mm -hmm. I think when we get that sort of, you know, I can kind of make my voice that tight, you know, that nasty. it's It's a whole different thing.
1: And especially being a woman... We are not taught to sp- not taught, sorry, to speak in our true voices. Mm-hmm. So I actually found that doing voice lessons gave me more range to kind of find where my voice sits naturally versus right. talking in this very A- high-pitched voice. voice yeah, that yeah. is what I think I'm supposed to sound like yeah. versus where my voice actually sits. Yes, so yeah. yeah, I I thought it was fun. Oh,
0: that's wonderful. <laughs> yes. So coming from a school where you took it's um I'm just rounding up here I think about 8 or 9 different uh mediums of dance mm-hmm. and graduating under the auspices of that school and then going out into the world did you immediately head for lines in San Francisco after that Actually
1: I well I did immediately head to lines after I finished at Spiral I It was interesting how I came about lines. It was because you had introduced me to the program. (laughs) Sorry, we're (laughs)
0: laughing because I just spilled water all over my face. (laughs) I'm glad you didn't see that audience. Anyways, yes.
1: And it was interesting because I knew I wanted to dance after school. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a conversation that was ongoing in my household, whether it was actually going to happen or not. Right. But I knew it was something I wanted to do, and I only auditioned for two schools actually and that was lines and juilliard oh i didn't okay i don't know if i knew
0: about juilliard
1: okay and i because my parents really wanted me to go to university so i thought and back then i guess i just really because of the nature of spiral and how it was a competitive dance studio i we didn't really discuss i mean with you we did discuss Mm -hmm. post secondary options but because i was really i think there were there are two other people from my group that are still dancing professionally, which is actually a lot, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, it is, actually. Um, but we there weren't a ton of discussions about post-secondary mm-hmm. options. So just based on what I knew of, I really only thought Juilliard was the only option at the time. Right, right. That was a university program as well as a dance program. But I I, ha- I went to San Francisco to do the audition, and while I was there, I also auditioned for Lines. Okay. Which was actually... One of the worst auditions I've ever done. Okay. Um, just in terms of my nerves. Right. I was super nervous. I Because we only did ballet two times a week. I know. And I went into this class with people. And I thought that I had to wear pink tights and be this thing that I just wasn't. And I showed up and everyone was in sweatpants, but they were all so beautiful. And we got, actually, the class wasn't too bad. It was when we got to Petit Allegro,
0: (laughs) that thing started to fall (laughs) apart. The pain of (laughs) most people's existence. (laughs)
1: But no, I, yeah, I went to lines. And then when I found out that I got in, I was honestly surprised Mm -hmm. because based off the class that I had, it definitely wasn't the strongest representation of myself as a dancer, mm-hmm. but it was really the conversation that I had with Kara after the audition and a very close friend of mine that was doing the program at the time, yeah. Marissa, yeah. who spoke on my behalf as a someone that knows me. Right. Um, so Kara, thankfully, accepted me into the program, right. which was honestly a life a life-changing experience because I feel as though at Lines, she it's kind of an eclectic group of people. Like, not like, sorry, that's one already. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm glad somebody's keeping <laughs> Um Tara, she kind of curates this very interesting crew that is, there are some people that are very ballet trained and come from very traditional ballet schools but then there's also people like me who have trained kind of in everything right and then there's some people that are much older in their dance careers that are coming into it some people okay. that are just purely brilliant intellectual people that have just started dancing okay but have that to bring to the mix of the right. group, to the group and so yeah it was and I just feel as though in in my class, we were very tight-knit group and we had a very good connection and we all really pushed each other. And the environment that we were taught to be in was just very respectful, loving, hardworking. And it brought an awareness to the creation process that I had never experienced before. Right, And just being with a group of people that loved dance as much as I did, right, yeah. uh, it really changed... I just became a dance freak. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was already a dance freak before I left, but uh, just being surrounded by those types of energies and I was constantly inspired by people and the philosophy that Alonzo has is very... The dancing is very big at lines Mm -hmm. and it's really about becoming individual and I think that it's interesting that that individuality that is pushed is also something that was really important at Spiral Mm -hmm. and I feel like that connection has really shaped me as an artist in my professional career because I've been I've trained in such supportive environments my entire life
0: and you always said that you always said that even though you were I remember you saying how scared you were at the Mm -hmm. audition and how you felt like you were quote-unquote I'm doing air quotes right now, Mm -hmm. uh, outranked Mm -hmm. by the others, uh, many, many more hours of ballet Mm -hmm. a week. But because you had been in a supportive, loving place, Mm -hmm. you felt like it was okay to be there. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's a I think that's a wonderful testimony, actually, Mm -hmm. really is. I I wonder one thing uh, if you could speak to the shift that occurred for you when you Because you did always love dancing. And Mm -hmm. and you were, if you remember correctly, uh, when you were about 12 and 13, you would start to move closer. Well, you always were near the front of the room. Mm -hmm. But you had a very hard time not watching me watch the class. Yes. And I had to say to you, stop dancing for me and Mm -hmm. start dancing for you. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to be watching all the time anyways. Mm -hmm. And whether I'm on this side of the room or that side of the room or dead in front of you. Your eyes are always going to be on Yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. always watching all of you. And the fact is, is that if you're not dancing for yourself, then a huge part of you is being lost. Mm -hmm. And I know that that was a really tricky place to get to because Mm -hmm. to go from a competitive athletic sport to a school that's primarily for audience pleasing Mm -hmm. dance and competitive again. Mm -hmm. And to then center it around artistic exploration and inner world exploration and artistic growth. It's a big shift. And then you took that even further by going to an environment that that's what it was exactly about to encourage. Mm-hmm. So how speak to that? Let me know how you felt about that change and well, that shift.
1: I do feel as though the habits that you talk about from my teens of just constantly wanting to know what that person at the front of the space thinks is still something that I do struggle with. Right. Even in my professional career I find that I definitely am more aware of it and question it very deeply, but it's still something that does affect me in rehearsal spaces and creative spaces. Okay. And I do feel as though it comes from a place of wanting to figure out what this person wants. Right. From a creative standpoint. Right. You know, I'm very and it's something that I learned at Lines too is that I I'm very quick in a lot of ways, and I like to problem solve. Yeah. So I like to know what the problem is and how I can fix it right away. Right. And sometimes it it, ta- it does absolutely take me out of my body sometimes, and especially when I was younger, it was I wanted to know that I was working hard enough,
0: right. I think. Right,
1: right. And I think that's also, that was the gymnast in me because gymnastics culture and the training that that type of training is is very is the similar but also very different from dancing Mm -hmm. and so I feel like it's been something that's been engraved in me from such a young age that it's something that I, I constantly have to check in with
0: right right
1: but at lines yeah it's interesting at lines they really did push us to find our own voice and I think that Even though the company has a very strong aesthetic, the training program doesn't necessarily correlate so heavily with the company Okay. in terms of, I know I'm going to go to this training program in hopes to work with the company.
0: So it's not not bringing you all in as babies to put you through some sort of strainer to make you all exactly look a certain way to get into the company. No,
1: so I feel as though just even knowing that and having that type of environment to work in, it really did changed the way I worked in creation when in class and I think it was actually near the end of my second year that it really started to click for me that you know it doesn't matter what environment you're in or who's in the front of the space it's really just about knowing who you are and I mean you're you're only 20 when you finish the program mm-hmm. if you go right out of school which yeah. is a lot to ask of a 20-year-old mm-hmm. human to know exactly who they are but Absolutely. Um just just trying to deepen that relationship with yourself. And I feel as though in, in my second year, in my second term of lines, I really started to understand what that work was going to feel like. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and I feel as though even into my professional career, I constantly have to check in about why I'm doing things. Right. Who I'm doing it for. Right. Is it for myself? Right. Why I'm choosing to take the jobs I am. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like this segues really nicely into (laughs) (laughs) where this conversation is going to go because as a contemporary dancer, I feel like I've had, there's like definitely an aesthetic that I feel I've tried to fit myself into. And then as a commercial dancer, I feel there's a different aesthetic and I'm trying to balance who I am and what I bring to each of those environments. And Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's all the same practice, essentially, okay. um, trying to just be clear with what is my motivation? Why am I? Why am I in this position? Why have I chosen to be here? And what am I trying to say creatively right now? And okay. what am I trying to say artistically? And what does that all mean?
0: In the big picture? Exactly. So um in that segue and and suddenly leading it off cuz I know very much so that you've had professional success in both the commercial mm-hmm. and the um, this is you can't even really use these two words together it's an oxymoron but let's just say the traditional contemporary world those two words yeah. don't go side by side no. <laughs> but let's say the the contemporary world that is based on the artistic quest versus the commercial world which is based on the audience uh response mm-hmm. i think I'm probably going to offend somebody by saying that, but I do feel as though my overall opinion is of that. Mm -hmm. It's not taking anything away from commercial dance. I feel, I mean, entertainment is a very worthwhile avenue of life and great entertainers world over have Mm -hmm. made the world go round Mm -hmm. and saved a lot of souls during some dark times. Mm -hmm. I feel as though the artistic aspect of contemporary dance sometimes does... No,' it, it almost shuts out the entertainment Absolutely. value. You know, it yeah. becomes so self-involved and mm-hmm. so um, well, my family's joke used to be the inner shape center. Mm-hmm. You know, want to watch me discover my inner <laughs> shape center for fifty bucks or so. Um, I, I feel like you having really had a chance to travel professionally in both those worlds mm-hmm. might be very interesting to hear, for instance, could I ask you such a trite question as, do you have a favorite? To
1: be honest, I, I don't have a favorite, and I think it's because I don't have a favorite because I feel as though I love, I'm learning to love both of them equally. Okay. And I think it's interesting because when I finished lines, I had this idea that the only thing I could do and I wanted to do, and the only thing that was going to make me a successful dancer was to be in a company. Oh, okay. And that was the only thing that I was interested in. And I spent some time in New York auditioning. I came back to Vancouver and I really wasn't interested in in commercial dance at all. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I was ready to let go of my agent. I didn't have, I wasn't really interested in auditioning. But when I moved back to Vancouver, the opportunity started to arise. And it's been a question that I've asked myself since I moved back can I do both things? And can I do both things justice? And can I still be an, a contemporary dance right. artist? While taken
0: seriously enough Taken seriously, yeah.
1: exactly. Yeah. And love to dance on film and vice versa. Can I dance on film and be this human that loves to, you know...
0: Light da- up the set. Yes, yes, light up the set yeah. and
1: do a high kick. Yeah. <laughs> um, or
0: maybe a head spin here yeah, or there. Yeah, <laughs> and...
1: Yeah, so I guess my short answer is I I feel as though there's space in my life for both of them. Okay. I will always love ballet. Okay. And I will always love contemporary dance. I just think that it's just because it's so hard. Yeah. And I just love that challenge. Yeah. But I'm also a, extremely acrobatic, and I love gymnastics. Yeah. And I also, you know, I grew up doing hip-hop, and I, I can't help but love it. Yeah. And yeah. it's just a part of my roots. And yeah. I love singing and I have yeah. recently started taking acting classes and I just okay. feel like they've all, I've learned to let each, I don't like to say the word style, but, or each artistic endeavor that I take, I, I try to let them all inform each other. Yeah. So I've tried to take that kind of standpoint on the commercial dance industry and the contemporary dance world and try to let them inform each other to just make me a better dancer and artist in general
0: well and the thing that I can say to that that I think lends itself in a correlated fashion is that to be a fully evolved and wise and compassionate and uh, I'll say open person one has to be informed by everything that one is involved with and Mm -hmm. everything that one is around. Otherwise, you're going around and you're judging things. You're canceling them out. You're disallowing them into your life or into your psyche or into how you think about the world. And Mm -hmm. I I feel as though there's a lot of disconnect with that in society in general, not just in the arts world mm-hmm. where, you know, if you become a mother, suddenly you can't be a friend anymore exactly. or or you can't uh, be just a separate human. Mm-hmm. Or if, if you're a separate human, you can't give yourself beautifully to motherhood or if you're attached in a relationship or if you're, uh, you're, Oh, I don't know. Your job suddenly becomes very, very lucrative mm-hmm. and very business oriented. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're all about money and commercial and you don't care mm-hmm. about the arts. And I, I feel as though that is so narrow-minded. Mm-hmm. And I love what you've said because you're actually in it mm-hmm. and it's a it's not only an informed opinion, it's an experienced and very current opinion. And you mentioned something in there that I know many young dancers would be curious to hear your thoughts mm-hmm. on. And that's the the fact that you have an agent. Mm-hmm. And from what I remember you've had one for a number of years. Do you mm-hmm. mind saying when you got it um has it been the same one all along do you feel or not the same one but maybe just say the same Mm -hmm. company and have you enjoyed the journeys that you've been able to have through that aspect has Mm -hmm. it been worth it in other words
1: yeah it's it's interesting because i i've been with the same agencies well the same dance agency since i was i believe i signed with them when i was 16 or 17 okay Maybe even a bit younger. It was definitely before I left for San Francisco, and it's interesting because my experience—I wasn't looking for an agent when okay. I got signed. I was actually doing—I got a scholarship to do Triple Threat, oh, okay, dance convention. Yeah, and they had a solo category where you could perform a solo. So I did my lyrical solo at the time, and Is that the one you choreographed on yourself. No, okay, but anyways.
0: that's a that's yeah. another story. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> And um, and my agent Melissa happened to be on the judges panel.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, so, so she literally scouted you.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, they, I guess from what I remember, they the the sorry the convention gives out a scholarship to have an interview with an agent, and they oh, choose okay. the recipients of it oh, okay. through the competition okay. so i was the recipient that year okay. and it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be signed with them right away but they're just interested in you in the way you dance and your look and all these right. things so you go in for a meeting with them right and i went into the meeting with with my agent who's still my agent now melissa and um and you yeah, know it was just a very casual conversation we talked about demo reels and what my goals were as a dancer at the time i really didn't know right um what i wanted to do so i kind of just listened to what she had to say and my mom was with me in the room at the time because i was a youth i was i was going to be on the youth roster so your parents have to sign off on everything of course yeah and my mom i kind of talked to her about it and she said you know it wouldn't hurt why not my mom's always been like that yeah she's very open minded yeah. yeah And so, yeah, I signed with, with Melissa when I was, before I left for San Francisco. I can't remember exactly what age I was. And my experience has been quite positive. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, I think it really just depends on what your goals are and what you want to do as a dancer. For me, I, like I've mentioned, I, I enjoy not just industry dance. Okay. So I like to fill my time with a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. and. Melissa and Shannon, who are both my agents now, mm-hmm. are very supportive of that. Okay. Which I think if they were not, I would not be with them.
0: So in other words, you're saying there's a lot of flexibility. Yes. If you suddenly say I'm unavailable for three months because I've got a contract mm-hmm. to do a contemporary piece with this particular mm-hmm. independent company, they're fine with that.
1: They're fine with that. Okay. And um, I don't know if this is important to share, but any contemporary work that I do, I keep all the all right, because it's, it's not through them. I gotcha. And then anything that is commercial or film and TV, I give them a cut of it.
0: What is it? Is it fifteen? Fifteen percent. It is. 15, and actually, yeah.
1: I did do the opera with them recently, and in live shows, they only take ten percent.
0: Okay, Vancouver Opera. Vancouver Opera. What did you do?
1: um I did. Oh, what was the opera called? The Merry Widow.
0: Oh, wonderful. Yes. What, what part were you playing?
1: Um, I was one of the dancers, and Josh Beamish was the choreographer.
0: Oh, I, I remember you mentioning that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. How long ago was that now? That was
1: just in the fall. Yeah, because mm-hmm.
0: you had that crazy schedule that we were trying to navigate. Yes. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So, yeah, they and I mean, yeah, I feel as though having an agent in Vancouver, specifically, I can't speak to any other cities. This no, is the of only course city not. the only city I've yeah. ever lived in and danced professionally in um but i think that it depends like i said it depends on what you'd want to do i don't know if you necessarily need an agent most most dance jobs are they're big dance jobs there will be open calls for all dancers
0: okay
1: um it is very helpful to have one um
0: there are sorry for interrupting but in the context of that because I know, for instance, there was a huge film that was recently done, I think, in the uh, winter or last or summer. fall. Was last it summer. The s- last summer? <laughs> okay. And it seems to me everyone in Vancouver was hired that knew how to dance remotely other than ballet. Well,
1: it's interesting. Is that true? No, it's not necessarily okay. true. It is it is true that there was a lot of dancers. Okay. There yeah. was, I don't even know. I don't I, want to think I, about how I feel how many. like there were hundreds. There was a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it's interesting, actually, for for movies like this, they will have an open call, but it's for that particular situation because it was also the third film in okay. which had... Anyways, it was the third film that had been filmed in Vancouver and they already okay. had a roster of dancers that they okay. they previously used. So, so they called
0: so upon them again? They called
1: upon them okay. again, most of them. Okay. And then, so there weren't actually so many spots okay. for new faces let's okay. say but i mean there were lots of people that got in through the open call mm-hmm. but because there because melissa and shannon and other agents in vancouver have a relationship with these directors and have a relationship with these choreographers and they have a good reputation for dance on film in vancouver mm-hmm. bigger productions like that will turn to to them them because they trust them you know what i mean but not not to say that people that don't have an agent aren't going to necessarily book the jobs and if you do have an agent it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to book the job either so it's really just dependent and the one thing i really like to say about film and television is that of course they want talented humans but a lot of it is also
0: fitting the look fitting
1: the look and
0: maybe it's a disney film and they
1: need people that look quite young and maybe it's something that's 18 or older and they can only use people that look like they're in their 30s or there's so many things that go into casting that you really can't sit with it for too long
0: so have you you just mentioned that you've just started taking acting classes and stuff I'm assuming that that is for your own erudition and it wasn't ever brought about about by your agent saying, you know, you should probably think of doing this because it or was it? It well, the interesting, A seed was a seed of an a idea. A seed
1: was planted, yeah. but I was very resistant. For I think that they've told me I should be taking acting classes for maybe 2 years and and they're very good about sending out um workshops that are happening. So okay. just so that their clients are aware of what's going on in the city because since a lot of us are dancers and not just actors, yeah. we don't hear about them no. necessarily. And you're so, also busy. Exactly. So they, it's something that they've been talking about for a long time, but it, it wasn't actually because of them that I started taking the classes. I was just looking for something new. And I okay. was looking for something that... I mean, I also have a lot of aspirations to do physical dance theater, and I just... Thought that the acting could essentially also help me in that area of my career. Okay. It wasn't necessarily to book a TV show or anything like this, and and to be honest, I didn't think I was going to stick with it. Okay. But the exploration of what these classes have brought to my life, I feel like, have been very valuable. Okay. So I've I've stick I've stuck with it because, just the self exploration that happens every week has been so fulfilling yeah Yeah. and I I didn't expect it to be like this but I also feel like I said before that the acting has just added to my artistic life Mm -hmm. and it just Mm -hmm. has opened up my eyes to all these different artistic choices that I can make as Mm -hmm. a dancer as well and what it means I mean I feel as though as dancers we're always asked to do these like not like that's three, I think. No,
0: I think that's just two. Okay. Yeah, because the other one was used in the proper context. Okay. <laughs>
1: um, I feel as though we're asked to sometimes do these pseudo-acting things. Yes. That I always just felt so dorky about. And awkward, yeah. And incredibly awkward. Yeah. So I just thought it would be something that I could add to the... List of things well you
0: know what I think is marvelous about that is it ties back into that earlier thing that I was saying it's just opening it's mm-hmm. just opening more doors within you mm-hmm. and it's opening more doors of understanding and as soon as that happens then you allow more parts of yourself to come to the forefront and to be honored mm-hmm. and nothing is dorky because it becomes more and more authentic and more and more heard mm-hmm. so you're it's not that you're suddenly going to become Meryl Streep but it's just that that voice inside, is also exercised mm-hmm. because I think I think that as a, I mean, I think as a ballet dancer as well, and I think as any dancer, it can become, as Alyssa has said in the past, that bodies become just commodified mm-hmm. and you become a body. And mm-hmm. if you happen to have one of those bodies that comes out of the, the ultimate body choice catalog, mm-hmm. <laughs> then it seems as though you... Are given even less value as mm-hmm. an inner being mm-hmm. because just shush and do this just look, just exactly stand just down there because yeah. you're exquisite to look at and do you mind throwing in an arabesque or so, mm-hmm. and I I uh, it saddens me greatly and I also feel that that devalues mm-hmm. so much of the work that so many incredible choreographers mm-hmm. are bringing out now mm-hmm. and in the like you and I were speaking earlier about the European contemporary world mm-hmm. is has always been well that was what incited my fire mm-hmm. as far as contemporary ballet went mm-hmm. it's always been on a more exploratory cutting edge mm-hmm. and it's always sought to experience a uh, less of a carbon copy cookie cutter mm-hmm. idea and more of a who are you mm-hmm. and what are you going to bring mm-hmm. and and there's such a value in experience and there's such a value given to wisdom so mm-hmm. age is always honored in mm-hmm. europe as opposed to in north america mm-hmm. Uh, the other aspect that I always enjoyed about it was that if you didn't have that type of body that could achieve something out of a textbook, as mm-hmm. far as the the height of the lines or the uh, the particular curve of the aesthetic, mm-hmm. you were kind of given the challenge, well, what do you bring forward? Mm -hmm. Which is this amazing space Mm -hmm. to either walk away and say, you know what, I'm not I don't want to do this. Mm I I wanted to just sort of be told what to do, which I find gloriously enough, very few people choose. Mm -hmm. Or the other choice and the other fork in the road is to say, okay. Who am i yeah. and 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 what can i do and and what is my body capable of, and how how do I want to exercise and you i don't I don't even like using the word use utilize this instrument mm-hmm. and and the inner me that is very much going to inform what my movements how rich they are mm-hmm. is going to be a part of everything I do yeah. so it's it's undeniably individual then mm-hmm. it never gets just put into a
1: and that really kind of makes me think of also that I think for a very long time I thought of my dance career as strictly something that only my body does right and not not that I my of course my soul and my heart is always going to be involved but I never even really considered that my voice or the way that this book that I'm reading is going to affect yeah. my the way my body moves yeah and there's so many different inspirations that I think really why I started to explore all these different things as a dancer is because I was starting to get stuck. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to feel like I was going to the same things to to train, I was going I was looking at the same types of companies to feel inspired mm-hmm. and I was stuck in I was stuck in this idea of what I wanted to be or what I thought I had to be mm-hmm. and I was limiting myself to all these other ways to feel inspired and to feel excited about what my body can do, if that makes sense. But, yeah, so I I feel as though the exploration of voice has totally impacted my improvisational skills. It's the use of character has opened up my imagination in so many ways that I'm super thankful for when it comes to being in a creative space in a contemporary dance rehearsal or for TV and film. Right. Because... Essentially, it doesn't matter what the job is you're you're being asked to bring yourself to the space and a lot of times you're being asked to to find characters or to play things that are outside of your experience actual. or self. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I think that what. I've really come to realize in the last couple of months is that as much as I need to continue to train on a physical standpoint, I need to also be exercising so many other muscles that I didn't think were as important.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. And I think that um, as an inspiration, a a guidance and an information for Mm -hmm. young people, that's really good to hear. Mm -hmm. Because I I feel like certain... um, modalities of training mm-hmm. become pretty close-minded mm-hmm. and there's that that sense that well you must focus in on this one thing because that's what's going to create the ultimate you exactly and or you must win this one competition or mm-hmm. you must uh you know succeed in this one genre of dance and mm-hmm. i feel as though the world's a really big place and there's a lot of human beings in it yeah that are are both there to Uh, learn from and experience what you have to share and also to inform Mm -hmm. absolutely
1: yeah and I feel as though that something that I've been practicing for myself is just also when it's time to just be Sarah and be a Mm -hmm. human and Mm -hmm. what that can also inform me as a dancer in any creative space that I am in and I think that most importantly, what's something that I learned in acting is that it's not scene study, it's self-study, and it's it's something that you have to work on every single day. And the the more you start to understand these different facets of yourself, the more authentic you're going to be, as you mentioned earlier, and mm-hmm. the more open you're going to be to people's critiques, people's ideas, right. and you're not going to feel attacked. attacked. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really hard in what we do because we're constantly giving ourselves to other people mm-hmm. and we're constantly fulfilling people's visions and it can sometimes feel very taxing on your soul and your body and I think if you're not doing it from a place that's very authentic and feels safe mm-hmm. and you don't feel like you have that relationship with yourself to go there then you're on to, you're ultimately always going to feel
0: empty, empty afterwards exactly mm-hmm. it's almost like people are just taking and there's nothing left over for you to which give. is a horrific feeling mm-hmm. And I think also just on that note that that I'd like to tie back into two things that you mentioned earlier. And one of them was, let's go back quite a ways. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to the fact that when you left high school Mm -hmm. and left your early training, uh, that there was a sense that you needed to go to a uh, Mm -hmm. post-secondary institute. I'm assuming that would be tying into some family dynamics and a desire to see their child be stable and earn a living and and not be out in the world without a possible future you know which I totally I mean I've talked about that in the past and I I understand completely Mm -hmm. can you talk about that
1: yeah Um, I feel well I come from two parents that are both highly educated Mm -hmm. they both went to university Mm -hmm. they're both One, my mother's a nurse. My father's a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. So they, and they both really enjoyed their jobs. Mm -hmm. And they both really enjoyed school and they met each other there. Mm -hmm. And so for them, that's kind of the only thing that they've known. And they expected all of their children to go to school Mm because that's what they were taught is Mm -hmm. when they were, younger and they did have an i guess it's an r r s r is it two r's r e s p r e s p Mm -hmm. i had i had an r yet i Mm -hmm. have an R E S P Mm -hmm. that i can still use with a grant in it if i do decide to go to school okay they were actually able to use some of that money for lines lines. which was really amazing because at the time the dollar was horrendous Mm -hmm. but yeah much better now no it's i think it's actually worse (laughs) hey quick
0: question i'm just gonna um jump in there you said that you still have the RESP. I was under the understanding that it's two years post post high school.
1: Um, I believe I, this might be true for some, but there's, there's a special grant that my oh, parents okay. have okay. that they cannot... I thought that I would be able to use it for my acting classes because they're technically through an institution. Okay, But it's actually only under the institution that the...
0: The Only grants, the approve, grants of. approve of. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, the education. The I think it's the the federal education grant, and they actually have a list. Because I yeah. already, I already checked the list and realized. Okay. Yeah, you're not no, gonna do it. No, no. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I know. And I mean, of course, I that option is always going to be available to me. My parents still talk to me about going to university. It's right. an ongoing conversation. But, you know, my mom was always super supportive of my dance career, and my dad has really come around on right. it as well. I mean, it was it was a hard conversation, and he never really gave me any flack personally. I think it was more a conversation between my mom and my dad to right. be honest. Right. Um, what is she gonna do? How is she gonna survive? Yeah. This is so expensive. Yeah, she's gonna live in San Francisco. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think that surprisingly, after uh, when I moved back to Vancouver and started working professionally, and I showed my parents that I can make a living mm-hmm. doing this. Absolutely. And the money that we spent in San Francisco was totally...
0: Well spent. Yes, yes. because
1: it's I'm currently working in the city and feel like I, I had... I feel lucky because I feel after I finished lines, I had all the tools I needed. And I felt like I was grounded enough in my technique and as a human at a young age to to approach people and right. and talk to them right. and say, I'm here. Can I work for you? Take a look you? at me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people don't necessarily have that experience, but I, I felt really lucky to kind of come back into Vancouver and feel like I had what I needed to start. And I feel as though my parents, although they still want me to go to school, and I think it's just because they're both very intellectual people and mm-hmm. they feel as though that's a very... That's just, that's, that's, that's their, that was it's their way. a very worthwhile
0: pursuit in yeah. their eyes. Yeah, and exactly. they don't, they
1: don't mean to, I don't think they mean that I need to change my career, but yeah. it's just something that they would feel very excited about.
0: Had you ever considered, I know you don't actually have any time in the day, <laughs> but had you ever considered just taking one or two online courses while you were dancing professionally just to, you know, get one of those 10 year long degree processes? Or? Um, I, I kind of go
1: back and forth on this to be honest I I feel as though I'm the type of person that's kind of
0: all or nothing yes Mm -hmm. and
1: I either I'm gonna do it fully Mm -hmm. or I'm not going to do it at all okay and I just know that about myself so I I've had the conversation with myself many times you know it wouldn't be that hard I I could bang it out it would Mm -hmm. it would be fine but I do feel as though if I know that my heart's not in it in that moment it's the
0: information is just going to wash over. I understand. Totally. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I do. I, I think that you have addressed so many uh, concerns and questions and aspects of the dance, the professional dance world that have been brought to my attention from my young and young students still training and my young professionals just at that, you know, those bridging programs that are just about to spit them out into the professional Mm -hmm. world. And I so appreciate that because the one thing that I, I'm so, and I'll say painfully, but I don't mean it in dramatic ways such as, Oh, it hurts, but it's just so distinctly bold. Mm -hmm. The difference between how the world was when I was 18 and going Mm -hmm. out into it and how it is now. Mm -hmm. And for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. I mean there's there's pros and cons with everything, but I feel as though it's so wonderful to hear a young person who is experiencing it currently has experienced it has taken quite a few and we won't even say conventional conduits mm-hmm. or pathways mm-hmm. and and because you like you said you're in this process of embracing both the commercial and the I still don't know what to call the other one. I don't know one. what to call let's it Let's call it let's call it the <laughs> I'm thinking of the nineteen seventies term of artsy fartsy, but I don't think that's very complimentary. <laughs> so, how would I say the commercial entertainment based industry? And uh-huh. you you used the word industry earlier, yeah. which is a hard one to th- roll off my tongue. And then let's call the other one the contemporary world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I I actually can, from how clear you were, I can completely understand the the beauty you see in mm-hmm. both areas and because i know you so well i understand how it's feeding you and i'm so pleased on behalf of of you and on behalf of being part of your past and i know that i can imagine seeing your parents watching you professionally dance and i've watched your mom cry on several <laughs> occasions as Does you've it become take much? A, no <laughs> it she needs to be touched and it's touching to watch someone that you really weren't sure of how mm-hmm. to encourage because it's not your world and mm-hmm. it frightens you mm-hmm. and you're not not sure they're going to be able to feed themselves both literally and figuratively mm-hmm. and to see them bring this magic to the stage, mm-hmm. it's touching and especially mm-hmm. when it's your own child. Mm-hmm. So I, to- I totally understand what she's experienced and I love that she's emotionally, uh, let's say, open. She's because very. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. It, it's lent itself very beautifully to you mm-hmm. as well. So I... So appreciate you coming all this way to come Thank speak to me
1: Thank you for having me. Oh,
0: absolutely. And coming to Sarah's space and I will have to um, have you back again in the future. I would love to. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you.